Wednesday evening, that can mean only one thing. The employment hour here is back on AM640. We're talking about employment or lack thereof. You got a severance offer in front of you. You think maybe the writing's on the wall. Your spidey sense is telling you that uh, the axe may be dropping fairly shortly. Well, you'll want to talk to Lior and call him tonight, ask him with your questions. Anything under that umbrella of employment and severance we will cover. As we sit here and idly chat between the two of us before your phone calls, of course, uh, severancepaycalculator.com. Check out that website. Find out exactly what you should be owed. We'll get into the uh, the business of forced resignations here in just a bit. And as we like to kick off each show on Mondays and Wednesdays alike, it is the week that was. Hey, pal. Thank you very much, John, and welcome to all our listeners. Welcome to another edition of the Employment Hour. Let's talk about your your rights in the workplace. We all spend so much time at work. We, we spend more time at work than we do anywhere else. So our rights are very important because our workplace rights govern what we can do and cannot do most of our lives. So that's why it's so important. That's why we're here talking about this. We've been doing this for almost four years. Now, let's start off with the week that was a couple of situations that that I've seen. First one, John, involved a lady that had worked on a fixed-term contract for a year. Now, remember, the general rule with the fixed-term contract is if you work for a fixed-term contract, at the end of that contract, at the end of the period, the company can decide not to continue employing you, and then at that point, you don't have any other entitlements. You simply work the period that it's agreed on, and you leave. So if she worked for for a, on a one-year contract, the idea was at the end of the year, they're going to shake hands and part ways, and, and she wouldn't be working there. Except what happened here is she continued working beyond uh, the year. In fact, she continued working for another week. I'm not sure if they kind of just forgot about the end date, but for another week beyond the year, she continued working. And then her employer said, well, your contract is up, so we're going to wish you farewell and, and say goodbye to you. She called me, and she, she had a curiosity saying, well, you know, it was a week later. Does that matter? And the answer was, it matters a heck of a lot. It makes all the difference in the world. Once you've worked past that one year or that fixed end date, even if it's one day, you become a regular full-time employee, even if it's one day which means that as soon as you, you pass that term in the contract, you're a full-time employee, and if they want to let you go, they have to pay you severance like a full-time employee. So that's what happened in this situation. She only worked for a year and a week, but now when they let her go, she's an employee, and she's owed about three or four months severance. So that week made all the difference. So for employers, the lesson is very important. If you have someone working on a fixed-term uh, agreement, Comply with it. Don't go beyond it unless you enter into a new agreement because then you may have a full-time employee on your hands. And for individuals, remember, if you work past the end date of your contract, you become, in the eyes of the law, a full-time employee. That is an incredible story. So the fact, I'm assuming then, since you got three or four months severance, it was based on now, not of course, not being a week-long employee. Now she's a year plus a week, including the contract. Wow. Yeah, and if she had been let go a week before, she would have gotten nothing. Makes all the difference, John. Incredible. John in Toronto, opening call. How are you, pal? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for taking my call. Go ahead, man. It's not a forced retirement, or sorry, a forced uh, termination situation, but um, unpaid leave of absence was approved for one year. And yes. in the negotiation, negotiating process, I uh, was under the impression that short-term, long-term uh, disability, as well as medical, paramedical, would continue on as the plan is to return after the uh, unpaid leave, only to receive a, I guess, follow-up letter and phone call from Human Resources 
saying the insurance carrier is terminating short-term and long-term immediately, and that um, you know the individual would be on the hook for the $400 or $500 monthly uh, uh, medical and paramedical. I'm just wondering, yeah, if uh, or, or where, where that would lay. So it really comes down to whether there was an agreement, whether there was a deal. So if the, if the individual can show that there was an agreement, we've established terms that I'm going to go on a leave of absence and you're going to do the following. You're going to keep my job open. You're going to let me continue on benefits and in return I'll come back to work. If that's the deal and he can show that that's the deal, yeah, there may be a cause of action. He may be able to pursue his losses if there are any or the costs uh, and, and, and pursue it that way. The problem is he has to show that there was a deal rather than, hey, we were going to try to do that or we were hoping to do it or we're going to talk to the insurance company. Uh, if, if there's, let's say, an email confirming the terms and now they come, they renege on it, then, yeah, there may be a cause of action here. So to me, it's more about whether it's a, you need more than a he said, she said. He needs to be established or the person needs to be establishing that there was a deal in place. Do you think they could do that here? Uh, there, was a, there, there was a deal for the... Um the unpaid leave of absence, and there was yes. a follow-up letter by the employee, um, you know, indicating that, you know, verbally there was a discussion, um, waiting to hear back from the insurance provider, but um, actually the, the, the cost for the premiums were quoted at uh, one-tenth um, or so of what, you know, the, the, uh, the follow-up conversation was. So um, right. the approval has been documented as approved. And I guess pending, you know, the, the sorting of the benefits. But that was uh, there. So, there, so there, there is a there is a documentation uh, that's supplementary. So, if your friend is inclined to to, to push back on this issue, uh, I, I urge him to contact me. I want to talk to them and see specifically those emails, those confirmation to to wrap my own head around whether, in fact, I can say that there was a deal. Because if there was a deal, yeah, we can push. We can certainly push back on that legally. So if your friend is inclined to do that, and she, he or she may, may or may not want to do that depending on, on you know, uh, what they think of the employer and you know, upsetting them, etc. But if they want to pursue that, have them give me a call. Let me sit down with them and, and try to figure out if there's a deal. It's an interesting situation. You have to prove that there was an agreement in place. John, that number is one 821 5900 When you got a moment, severancepaycalculator.com. Check that out. It's the Employment Hour right here at Talk Radio, AM 640. Got Fred here. Good evening, Fred. Hi, how are you gentlemen today? Good, sir. What's uh, what's your concern? Uh, my concern is my wife works for, uh, she's not involved with the union, and she has been on unsupported leave for uh, two years. Um, long-term disability was something that we had to take care of through legal means, and that's out of the, out of the picture now. Um, she's off work due to illness. They've requested she calls in once a week, and she has been doing that for almost two years. She sent in all the medical information they needed. She even sent in more than they requested. And we're just kind of getting to the point of wondering, is there anything from our end that we're able to do in terms of what next? Uh, they don't look like they're going to get have her leave, and she's not in a position to return. So we're just kind of confused about what our options are. Now, Fred, what do you mean by unsupported leave? She's receiving no money at all from them. Okay, so you mean the company's not paying her? No, they're not paying her anything, yes. That's correct. Got it. Yeah, I understand. So is it a situation where she's not likely to ever be able to go back to work? That's quite possible, yes. Yeah, she's got uh, severe osteoarthritis in both of her knees. She's in constant pain on lots of medication. Um, it's impacting on her uh, uh, 
cognitive abilities as well as mm-hmm. I think uh, just her mobility issues in terms of sitting, standing, and whatnot. Okay. So, so here's what can be done here. First of all, a couple other questions. How long has she worked for this company? Um, I think including the time she's been off, getting close to six years. Six years. Big company or small company? Uh, I think it's a big company. Okay. So, so here's where, where it's at. If she can get something from a doctor uh, saying that it's very unlikely or, or impossible that you would uh, be able to come back to work, and she provides that to her employer, we may be able to force her employer as to what we call a frustration of contract. Right. That means that they can end the relationship and she gets severance. Now, right. that said, she would not be able to get her full severance, which right. for her could easily be six or eight or nine months pay. She would be limited to 12 weeks pay in this case. Uh, but because of that, that's, you know, 12 weeks pay is better than nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, so if I wouldn't do that if there's still a possibility of her going back to work, let's say, in the next year. But if right. it's clear that she's not going back to work, then may as well get that 12 weeks pay. So it starts off by getting something clear from a doctor saying, no, she's not going to be coming back yes. to work uh, and sending oh. it to the company. If they okay. still don't do anything, we can force right. their hand. Okay, good. That's, that's great because I know she did send in like a 16-page document from a specialist making reference that she would not be able to return to work and may not even work anywhere again. So she's done that medical piece. So uh, Okay. Uh, I so so and they, they haven't responded? No, they haven't. Fred, they haven't responded to that? The only thing they responded was saying, well, that's not the documentation that we wanted. We wanted ours filled out. And we've done that twice now, I think, in terms okay. of their own, own uh, forms that they wanted. So, yeah. Fred, we could probably force their hand here. So have her give me a call. You give me a call off air, and, and let's talk about it. It should be very easy in this case to get the 12 weeks pay, but it is going to be limited to the 12 weeks for her. Fred, that number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Get to uh, George here. Good evening, George. Hi, how are you? Excellent. What's, uh, what's your concern tonight? Well, uh, you know, thanks for letting me on. Um, I'm in a situation where a large company I work for that I've worked for uh, for 22 years um, is having some changes, and they've been very good to me um, over that time. And given that fact that I'm 57 years old, they did offer me a, a pretty good package, but I'm always wondering if it's enough mm-hmm. uh, given my age and my seniority. Sure. They've offered me 96 weeks. And was it, is it worthwhile in order to, uh, say, go after them? I've been listening to the show for quite a while. And the fact that um, I think it's said that um, you can get up to two years. And Yeah, two, two years being 104 weeks, yes. Yeah. So is it worthwhile given the fact that I've had a really good relationship with this company and they've done really well by me? Now, here's my question, George. So they offered you 96 weeks, but did they include all components of your compensation? So I'm I'm assuming they haven't forgotten about salary, but what about other components? For example, you have a bonus or a car allowance or or options. Did they include all that? Yes. So, and you've been there for 22 years, you're 57. What kind of a job? What do you do generally? It's a management job, uh, um, basically, uh, that works on contracts. Uh, with uh, larger institutions, yeah. So, so they, they your your entitlements, uh, full entitlements, will be in the range of twenty to twenty four months pay. They've offered you ninety six weeks, which is, I guess, twenty two months pay. So, so they're 
they're right in the range there. Uh, so I, I think that the, assuming, again, I haven't seen the offer, but assuming it addresses all components of your compensation, including benefits continued for that period of time, pension, et cetera, if it's everything, yeah. I think that's a good offer. And irrespective of whether you like them or not, I understand you like them, you have a good relationship, this is a good offer. I, I can tell you that most people would be offered a lot less and we'd have to fight to get up to the 96 weeks. You know, they, they'd be offered tw- uh, 12 months, 52 weeks. So you are one of the rare people that actually has been offered a good package. So assuming it's inclusive of everything, it sounds to me like a very, very good offer. Excellent. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, George. We'll take a quick break. I don't, that is the first one in four years live that we've you know, had a, a reasonable I mean, offer. Crazy. I'm like, this yeah. guy, no, that's why you kept asking him, is it everything? Did you get everything? Because it sounds too good to be true, but that's, uh, that's yeah. where well, it should be. Well, you know, it's exactly where it should be, and it's so, so rare. He's, yeah. you know, one of the... Five percent of that 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 I actually offered good packages. Good for him. That's excellent. We'll take a quick one, Lewis. Thanks for hanging in. How are you? No problem. How are you guys tonight? We are excellent. Go ahead. Excellent. Okay, I'm just calling on behalf of my daughter. She's a registered massage therapist in her mid twenties who's been employed for about a year and a half. Now the spa she works at is being sold to another corporation, and she's uh, being terminated. And they're offering her two weeks severance. Is that the minimum for that time, or is, can she get anything else? So, Louis, I take it she's not offered, she's not being offered a job with a new company? No, she, so yeah, so yeah, she, is, she is offered reemployment. So, yes. Okay, so, so she's going to continue working with the company that's buying the business? Correct. Okay, so that's important because yeah. if she wasn't offered, no, she'd probably be owed two or three months' pay. In okay. light of the fact that, that uh, she's continuing to work, strictly speaking, they actually don't have to pay her anything because okay. she's continuing to work and the new company is inheriting her service and her seniority. Mm-hmm. So she's not starting with a new company from scratch. So because of that, assuming it's, assuming it's the same, you know, relatively the same job, compensation, et cetera, mm-hmm. then, yeah, strictly speaking, they don't have to pay her anything. So if they want to give her two weeks, hey, that's not a bad thing. Uh, so that's okay in this situation because she's not really losing her job because she's going to continue working with the buyer. If she was losing her job, that would be a wrongful dismissal, and she would mm-hmm. be owed two to three months' pay. Okay, I just wanted to verify. Okay, thank you very much for your call. Thanks, Thanks Lewis. Lewis. I appreciate that. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Good, man. What's up? Um, I work for a major utility uh, west of the city, and there's a huge amalgamation going on between – four huge utilities that's going to form a new company. And okay. I realize you don't like talking too much about union employees, but uh, there's uh, three different unions involved and they will have to come together at some point and form one bargaining unit. Does Lior know the process when huge companies like this come together with different utilities or different unions? Yeah, and it's actually a bit of a complicated process. Well, it's not a complicated process in the sense that it's really a big negotiation. It's a negotiation between the unions themselves and the employer, and oftentimes they can't agree to terms, so they get a third party to help them negotiate and figure out exactly who's in, who's out, who's going to be you know, dealing with the employer, uh, and then negotiate a new collective agreement with the with the new uh, utility. So it's a it's a process that could take a while. In the meantime, you know rights are going to be frozen. Everything's going to stay the same. So so you know the employees are not left out in the cold. But it's ultimately going to be a big negotiation. It's possible that they've already had those discussions. I don't know. Uh, but oftentimes these discussions can take a long time and require outside help. So that's really all it is. Uh, depending on how reasonable everyone is, it could be a very quick thing or not. 
Uh, usually with big unions, it, it, it could be a complicated process. Okay, if they do offer some packages, can they offer them to individuals or groups of individuals, or do they have to offer them across the board to all employees? So if, if it's an offer, an offer by definition suggests that you can say yes or you can say no. If it's just yeah. an offer, yeah, they can offer it to whoever they want. Uh, if they have to let people go, uh, then they have to do that based on seniority, and, and, and they can't just let go whoever they want. Uh, so, so if it's an offer, yeah, they can decide who they want to make an offer to, and the person can say yes or no. But even if there's going to be, you know, quote-unquote packages, we don't really think in terms of packages for unionized employees. They're going to be a small fraction of what you would get or someone would get in a non-unionized environment. Uh, so it's probably nothing, uh, nothing overly lucrative. Al, let me squeeze you in here before a quick break. Quickly, uh, what's on your mind? Hello, Al. Yeah, hi. How are you? Go ahead, Al. Hi. Um, I had a question. It relates to the fact that um, I started off with a financial institution working full-time, then transferred to full-time about 10 years ago. And I'm, con- I'm receiving considerable pressure to go full-time, even though I've been working now 10 years part-time right? and it continues to be a problem that comes up over and over and over. Like it's happened about four or five times over the last five or six years. I want to know what my rights are in, in a situation like this. Sure. Al. Now, Al, are you part of a union? No. Okay. So if you're not part of a union, uh, the, the important thing to remember is that even though you, you were at some point uh, full-time, uh, they cannot legally make you go now back to full-time. You've been working there enough time, 10 years, I think you said, part-time. Yeah. Now that's your term of employment. Now, so even though one can't stop them from asking and, and you know even trying to convince you, you're absolutely well within your right to say absolutely not. They can't punish you for that. They, that's not cause for termination. Uh, and, and if they say, well, too bad, we're doing it anyway, we're telling you that effective tomorrow you're working full time, then that could be treated by you if you choose to as a constructive dismissal, which would allow you to leave with full severance. So the important thing to remember is even though you can't, you can't stop them from asking, I understand that's annoying, uh, but they cannot force you and they cannot uh, impose that unilaterally. If they do, that's a constructive dismissal, Al. Right. Well, I've been standing my ground on it, but the, you know, the, the pressure keeps increasing. So I wanted to know whether or not that I was within my rights to, to refuse it, which I have to this point, thankfully. But yeah. um, I guess as a federally employed um, employee, um, I've reiterated to them the fact that, um, you know, for, for family purposes, religious purposes, it's just not possible for me to work part time, uh, full time. So um, they don't seem to get the message. And, 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 and you know, you, you've almost gone, uh, gone above and beyond. You don't even have to have a good reason. You can simply say, listen, it fits my lifestyle better to work part-time. That's on me. You don't even need a good reason. The, 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 the problem is on their end is they can't make you change the terms of employment. So you're well within your rights. And you're even well within your rights to ask them to, to stop asking you about it. Uh, no, they can't force you, Al. Al, we'll take a, a short break. Appreciate the call. More of your phone calls right up till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Hello, Ray. Good evening. Yes, how are you? Good. I'm calling from Mississauga. Beautiful. Um, my, my reason for calling is I bit, back in uh, April 13th, I went through a partial hip uh, replacement. And, but uh, my concern is this. Is this any concern with my work if I bring in uh, some doctor's note that says I can continue with work? 
So you've been off work, and, and they know well, you've been off work April for medical reasons. Yes, and uh, my concern is this: that yeah, I mean, I've been in there. I went to a walk-in clinic, and I got the review, and the guy says, "Yeah, you're fine to go." And but uh, after that, it, it, they were concerned that wasn't the same physician. Now, uh, but my concern is I have to go on April. Sorry, uh, January 31st for review, and I'm hoping they can say I can go back to work now. But is it a concern of losing my job? No, no, no. Certainly, you cannot lose your job because you've been on a medical leave. You still have a right to your job. They can't, they can't penalize you in any way. If a doctor, your doctor, is saying you're clear to return back to work, they have to take you back. Now, okay. if legitimately there's no job for you because uh, the, the job's gone away, they've restructured, what have you, legitimately, then they can let you go with full severance. But oh, the, okay. Otherwise, the legal obligation is to take you back to work to the same job, same compensation, uh, same arrangement as before. But they, like I said, the, 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 doc, the original thing was light duty, but there is no light duty at night work. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm concerned. But, uh, but they, they can't just let me go. They have to compensate me. Is that oh, what you're yeah, saying? 100%. They'd have to pay you full severance. How long have you been there? Uh, eight years. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd be looking, irrespective of anything, uh, you know, probably somewhere between 8 to 12 months, depending on, on your age-specific position. So they cannot let you go without compensation. And by the way, the fact that they say there's no light duties doesn't mean that that's true. They, they have to find a way to make it happen. They can't say, well, we've never, we just don't do that. So if they okay. refuse to accommodate you, that could be an issue as well. Okay. You could okay. potentially so, treat that as a termination. Okay. Uh, okay, now... What are my what are my alternatives? What what can I do if they were to say like, yeah, this is not going to happen at at on, on the thirty first of January? What, what what could they possibly do? Well, if they they won't if they say it's not going to happen or we we're not going to accommodate you, you do something very simple and you give me a call. We sit down and we talk about it and and, okay. uh, and we'll assess exactly what your entitlements are in that situation. Uh, there's nothing that they can do to you. You can't lose your job without compensation. They can't keep you kind of in the middle of nowhere and never land. Uh, so, so because of that, if they won't take you back, you give me a call. Ray, that number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll squeeze uh, Marvin in here quick before a break. Hey, Marvin, good evening. Hey, good uh, good evening, guys. How are you? Good. What's your concern? Um, I, I have a quick question. Is on yep. behalf of my wife. She works um, extended care for a school. And I just want to know if she's entitled to all the nine holiday pay throughout the year. Yes, she absolutely is. I mean, there's no. Is there a reason why you you you're concerned about it? Uh, the reason why, because you know how like when they work extended care, they get the off the Christmas and the March break and stuff. So like, yes, I don't, I don't know if that's like considered like a temporary layoff and then go back. But she she always goes back like after the holidays and stuff. So that's why I was wondering. No, she's she's entitled to all the holidays as as any employee would in that situation. Absolutely, and if there's an every an issue, she should go to the Ministry of Labor on that on that uh, front. The Employment Hour Talk Radio AM six forty. Get our calls in here before the top of the hour. Uh, Mary, thanks for hanging through the uh, the break. How are you? Well, hi, I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. I had a question uh, in regards to um, an injury that took place in August. I had a soft tissue injury. Um, I was off for about a month. Did some uh, re you know rehabilitation. Um, went back. Uh, unmodified, still unmodified. Supposed to go back next week, but I don't feel like um, like I like I don't feel like I'm pain free and comfortable enough to go back to regular duties. And I did, I did an assessment back in November by the WSIB, um, I guess their specialist that they refer me to, the one of the 
at the hospitals that they work with. And yep. they concluded that I would be ready around this time, given some more um, physio and that. And that was done. I have improved, but again, as I said, I'm not fully comfortable and pain-free. I do get this pain um, in specific areas from time to time that I'm not comfortable enough to accept the full duties. So my question is, is um, how do I go about remaining on my modified duties because I'm not ready to go back to that? So, so there, there's two ways to do this, uh, Mary. The first way is you go to your doctor and you have your doctor write a, a note saying that he's examined you and he's spoken to you and you're not yet prepared. Uh, now, this may allow them to question it if WSIB is saying something different. So the second way may actually work a bit better, and that way is you start the, the full-time duties and you do it for a day or two and, and find out how you actually feel. And then you say, once you've done it, assuming you're right and, and you can't do it, then you go to the doctor and say, I've tried to do it, and, and I just can't. It's not happening. I'm, I'm not feeling well. And then they can't argue. They, they, you know, everyone was hoping you'd be ready, and you tried, and it turns out you're not ready. And at that point, they have to put you back on modified duties. Remember, the, the, the decision, though, has to come from a doctor. The doctor is the one that has to be the one saying, uh, yeah, you can't do it. Uh, Mary is not able to do it. So either you do it preemptively or you try it out for a little bit, see how you feel, and then do it. But they'd have to put you back on modified duties. Have to, have to, have to. Uh, if they refuse, you give me a call and we'll deal with it because they have to do it, Mary. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Thanks, Mary. Mary. That number, by the way, moving forward, if needed, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 John, it looks like you got the uh, last call of the night. What's going on with you? Yes, I'm calling about my wife. Sure. Uh, she worked at a nursing home for 16 years, I think it is, and her duties, she was uh, maintenance, and you place, bought it, and changed her to uh, housekeeping, but she had to shovel all the snow and everything like that around the place, cause, and it was huge. It just got to the point, her hips, her legs wouldn't take it anymore, and her yeah. doctor even told her quit working. Uh, when she left... Uh, she took early retirement, but she got no severance pay, anything like that. Uh, all she got was her holiday pay, which is uh, you they take so much out of your check every week. Yeah. And uh, so I was just wondering if she was entitled to mm-hmm. any severance pay. She's, uh, Didn't get any. So, so, no, so here, no. here's the unfortunate part, John. If mm-hmm. she's the one that it's an, uh, initiates the departure, if she's the one that resigns, then uh-huh. it's not a termination. She's the one that's resigning, so there's no severance owing. I think what should have happened here is she should have gone to her employer with a note from a doctor saying, I need modified duties. I need you to take the heavy stuff, the the, the, the physically demanding stuff, uh, off my plate. Yes, At that point, did. one of two things... Sorry, go ahead. She did that. She told them and they, couldn't... Uh, and what did they say? Well, it's part of your duties. That's part of the job. You have to do all the shoveling and everything. And they told her, too bad, so sad, we're not going to change anything? Yeah. Okay, well, that's very important. If she tried to get modified duties and they said no, then and that's why she left, well, that could no. be a termination and that she absolutely could get severance. So yeah. because we're running out of time here, uh, yeah. John, I'll, I'll leave it saying I really, really want your wife to call me because, yeah, if she left because they refused to accommodate her, which yeah. was their legal obligation, They owe her severance, potentially also human rights damages as well. So it's very important that I speak to her as soon as possible. Uh, Have her give me a call after the show or any time during the week. 
Good way to wrap it up with that call, John. That number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Same goes for everybody. If you didn't get a chance to call through or had questions after the show, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Lee or L I O R at employmenthour dot com. And when you got some time, check out severancepaycalculator.com to find out what you're really owed if it comes to a severance offer. Till next time, that'll be Monday night right here on the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640.